got enough echo it's your old pal rory back for another week of this radio internet thing on aman.net and that was the unfortunately named beetleettes les beetleettes to be precise from quebec canada uh the song was rest encore and that came out on a single through Jeunesse Franco in 1965 was one of the few things that they did. It's kind of sad. I was reading a little bit about them. They, I, I guess they had intended to do more stuff, but uh, two of the members got into a car accident, and then after that, the others didn't want to continue. They were a five-piece. But, uh, yeah, there's like two or three singles they did. It's interesting. There's a lot of attention paid to, say, you know, France yay yay stuff but in lots and lots of compilations and whatever but not nearly as much if much of anything for uh, French Canadian yay yay uh, I think that's a relatively unexplored subgenre or whatever you want to call it um, but yeah there's there's some definitely definitely some good stuff that falls within that jurisdiction I've got more of it I should try and play more of it later um, so yeah speaking of playing stuff i'll move along to what i have next because this is this is a show where i play music not talk ideally though i tend to do more of that than i probably should uh so i'm gonna play something actually speaking of france uh this band radiant uh the song is called forever and it comes from their self-titled album which just came out through the jarain label uh, and then what else we got? I got Zach coming up halfway through, and we'll talk about the whole whack of nonsense as usual. I want to ask him about the Racks fast food chain. I think that's the name. Yeah, it was Racks Roast Beef, which is this thing that uh, they still have a couple of them around, and it's based out of Zach's hometown of Ironton, Kentucky, or uh, Ohio. Um so I bet he'll have a few things to say about that amongst whatever else he's got on his mind. And then there's a whole set of songs about getting cut, i.e. something piercing the skin and not tattoos. I, that's not what I'm talking about. Um, and then, yeah, a bunch of new stuff that I found on Bandcamp. It wasn't a bad week. Took some looking, but I found some okay stuff, as I like to. And, um, I don't know, lots of old stuff, too unusual music unusual some sometimes in terms of how good it is other times in terms of just the composition itself well i guess that's how i like to describe it anyway uh here we go radiant forever
this loud.
was Oof. The song was Obsolete, comes from their very recently released uh, record, Is This Really Happening? And actually, I heard from Peter of Oof today, uh, when I woke up, or I guess he might have sent it last night, his time, but anyway, I woke up and seen this message from him in the uh, inbox on Facebook, and he gave me a, a download for the record, so... I checked it out, and there you go. I thought, why not play that song? I like it. Uh, That came out through Fuzzy Warble's cassettes. And... Yeah. Uh, You can... I'll post the link to their Bandcamp page if you want to hear more of it later. Uh, Before that, Anne Steele with Sparkling World from her self-titled LP, her one and only LP... Originally, originally <laughs> released in 1979 by the Durium label. Um, then there was Jan Mink, Come On In, from a 1966 Verve Records single. Uh, also heard The Shag with Stop and Listen from a 1967 Capitol single. And then started, as I mentioned, with Radiant. The song was Forever. Really like the guitar tone, especially what they're getting out of that. Uh, towards the end of the song gets pretty janky there Um, gonna play something by my old friend's father Murphy next it is uh, part of the re-released or the the album of re-released material early material by them called Origins which Improved Sequence just put out Uh, I'll play We Know Who Our Enemies Are yeah, I guess I, I better get going on that because I forgot I got eggs frying over in the corner. So uh, don't want those to burn. Don't want to start a fire, you know, trying to do a radio show here.
Yeah. 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 That was Morgan Garrett with the horrible truth. The horrible truth comes from I Saw Demons, which he just put out. And it ties into a film of the same name that uh, runs for about an hour. The whole thing is on YouTube if you want to take a look at it. The link I'll post to his Bandcamp page, which has the link to the video. Or you can just go to screamculture.bandcamp.com if you're really curious. Morgan's uh, half of Scream Culture, which uh, is the band slash duo responsible for the name of this radio show, Aw Man. Uh, Zach, our buddy, who we'll talk to in 20 minutes or so, being the other half of Scream Culture. And yeah, they have, they have the, the really wacky song called Aw Man that is too perfect for words. I can't do it justice. And, uh, yeah, so my, my tribute to such a fantastic song was to uh, name this very radio show after. And if you listen to the first edition of the show, I play it. I should probably play it again soon. I should make it at least an annual thing. Um, anyhow, yeah, before that, it was Babel Map with the comeback from Raw Tomato, My Heart, put out this year by Rockhand. I think that was... Um, what is it, the 31st that came out? That was a real new one, too. Minimal Man, before that, Now I Want It All from the Shroud of Minimal Man. Put out in 1981 by Subterranean and started things with Father Murphy. We know who our enemies are. Also put out, or, yeah, Origins was put out this year, which is the compilation of their older stuff all put together for you to listen to. Uh, I'm going to play something by the Feminine Complex next called I Won't Run. It's from their one and only LP, Live in Love, which was put out in 1969. I was just reading about that a little bit. Apparently there's, I don't think I've heard these, there's a whole set of demos for that, which actually features the Feminine Complex, the all-female group, the the five-piece Whereas what's put out on their album was largely, in terms of the musical arrangements, uh, was all played by session musicians. So I would like to hear that. I'm, I'm curious. I didn't, I didn't realize that. Um, it is pretty slick of the production. It's still good anyway. Uh, so yeah, I'll play I Won't Run next. And then after that, uh, some more music. And then it's Zach with I'm Allowed. And a whole nother hour of this business at allman.net
She said, something ain't right. I said, oh, man. She said, oh, man, the building is on fire. I said, no, what? I got my three kids and we bounced out. Uh-uh, we ain't going to be in no fire. Not today. The day outside is warm. The sun is shining bright. But since you've gone, the time is wrong. 24-hour night. My heart is full of gloom. My soul has left the light. I sit here in my lonely room. 24-hour night. My life's an endless torture. Cold and bare and black. You know how much I want you. Please, please, please come back. Come back and take my heart. Come make this darkness light. Come back again and please, please in 24 hour night.
Infinity Man, fuck everybody else. And yeah, that's the whole name of the title. I love that I can say the whole title on radio now when I couldn't. When I was doing a radio show, I guess around when this actually came out, it was put out by Bulb Records in 2000. Uh, Then there was Carl Ballou, 24 Hour Night from a 1958 four star record single. Also heard Clock DVA, You're Without Sound, a demo from their Fragment cassette released in 1979 through their own Deviation, D-V-A-T-I-O-N label. Get that? Ha ha. Um, then there was My Dog's a Bear with Stream from their recently released Icy Vomit, which they themselves put out. Uh, and then there was The Feminine Complex with I Won't Run from Live and Love, released by Athena Records in 1969. And as you can tell with the little musical interlude in the back here, it's time to talk to my pal and yours, Mr. Zach Coons, for I'm Allowed. I hope I keep my mailman called Mr. Mac away from Zach. Rod himself. <laughs> hey there, Daddyo. Yeah. Wow. I just heard the news, and I wanted to be the. 
Uh, I don't know if we're <laughs> are we going to hear the news because I, I think you're cutting out or something. I, I just heard you're going to tell me the news and I didn't hear anything after that. Oh, am I cutting out? Can you hear me? Yeah, now I can hear it. Maybe it was just some weird thing. Yeah, now, now you seem to be back. Okay, good. Sorry about that. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. So what's the news? You can't well, leave me hanging comes. like that. The, the news. You, you, Rory Hinchy, got elected as president of the United <laughs> States of America. You won, buddy. You ran a long, hard, good campaign, and it just goes to show you Sometimes the good guys win. <laughs> Not always, but sometimes they do. Sometimes the good guys win, and I, you know, I, I, it, it, it really, it, it's really gratifying to me that I went around campaigned in every state for you, and uh, you know, I and got you on all the ballots, and uh, you know, made some good stump speeches. I'm glad. I'm just glad that I was able to be a part of it, and I just found out. That your that your uh, that your vice president is Randy Travis, and I think that's a very smart choice. Yeah. I think that I, I think that man is going to be just what just what the doctor ordered. You know, going to get this country back or that country back on track. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The country that you don't live in, you're going <laughs> to and didn't campaign in at all, but still somehow miraculously won the presidency. It's time for you to, and you should really, you shouldn't even come here. Just do it from over there. Yeah, well, everybody works like from over now. I think it's a remote job. Yeah, <laughs> so I think, you know, you don't have to worry about coming over here and uh, living in this uh, abject hellscape. You know, you can live in a, you, you, can, you can live somewhere that's nice and, you know, still rule us with an iron fist from over there. <laughs> My first order of business will be to try and prop up the failing franchise slash corporation that is known as Rack's Roast Beef. <laughs> wow, that is good. That's going to be a tough one. <laughs> what can That's you tell me about easy... Rack's Roast Beef? I was just reading about it today for the first time, and I want to know because, as I observed in the Wikipedia article, it was based out of Ironton, which is it, your hometown, basically. And, yeah, and is still there. One of the Rax, few. The Rax and Ironton is is still there, and there's a and there's a roast and and or, there's a Rax just outside of Columbus as well. I think there's only like less were, than five left now, something like that. Yeah, I know, and they're all like just right and around, right and around. Uh, Ironton, where the first one, yeah, the first one, they're on, uh, they're on Third Street, still there. They were kind of a, they were kind of a progenitor restaurant, you know. They had, like, it was like a fast, fast food restaurant, but they had a salad bar. Yep. You know, so that was the, that was a that was a pretty new thing, and I guess maybe it just didn't catch on. I don't know. Like Wendy's did that. Uh, other places started to have like other, you know, like they started to offer a salad bar. So they were, and they started doing, I think they started at like offering like a pretty large dessert menu. You know, they, they, it's like they were, they were, um, in a lot of ways, they, they kind of, 
were trailblazers. Rax Rax was was kind of a trail trailblazer restaurant, and uh, you know they just yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure what happened. Why does it? Why does a fast food restaurant that is seemingly successful just go belly up essentially? Well, what got me tipped off to this restaurant was. I don't know why this came up in my YouTube picks, but it was this video. It was only like four minutes long that explained how they had this marketing thing and it flopped and that really hastened the decline of it. But the name of the, the video was something like this marketing tactic completely ruined this fast food franchise. And I thought there's no way that <laughs> did it in by itself. And I watched it and then I read the Wikipedia page. And of course I'm by no means an expert at this point. But um, it seemed to suggest that it was just one of many things that kind of did him in. Do you remember the character known as, I think his name was Mr. D or Mr. Delicious? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I used to be on the commercials for him. Yeah. So, and it was like, you. it was like in the 80s, you would go there and he would be a character, you know, he would be like, like a Ronald McDonald type character, you'd run into him sometimes or someone dressed up as him or maybe him. I don't know. Maybe he's a real person. What do I know? Yeah. I hope he's a real person. Where else would he come from? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Everything in this world is real. Yeah. <laughs> there, are, there are no fake things in this world. Everything <laughs> is real. I, I Sometimes I forget that. At some, I, I forget that occasionally. Yeah. I good forget idea. that every single movie that's ever been made is actually a documentary. <laughs> and... Every book that's been written is actually nonfiction. I, I sometimes I forget that. Sometimes I forget that every single thing that's ever been written or portrayed in art is actually a real thing that happened. I don't know why I forget that, but I do. Everything needs to be taken at face value. There aren't any metaphors or, or anything like that. Figurative type thoughts about what may or may not be. It all exists. It's you know. It's just no. That's that's fake news. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 a, that's how they that's how the liberal media gets you, man. <laughs> they make you think that there are things like, you know, plays and films and things like you know that aren't actually real and aren't really happening. But you and know, I'm not falling for their traps. Too. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> and and that's what that's what the the right wingers don't know. There is no fake news. Every <laughs> single thing on this planet is real, one hundred percent real. Maybe Anything that anybody ever says is 100% fact. <laughs> Maybe even 200% even sometimes. When it, yeah, why not? There is a 200% because we just said it. <laughs> that makes it real. Yeah. 2,000%. How about that? How about that, mathematicians? Can't argue with it. Yeah, I'd like, I'd like to see him try since everything is real. Nothing yep. is fake. Nothing is false at all. But back to our pal Rex, um, just to, to kind of tie up that loose end. Apparently, with that uh, Mr. Delicious marketing ploy and then compounding loan payments, it says force the company to file for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in December of 1999. Oh, and then there was like other man. things where like they merged with somebody else and then they were trying to change all the Rack's restaurants into something else and then somebody bought some of those and they changed them back into Rack's restaurants and it was just a big mess. So, yeah. <laughs> December of 92? 
Um, yeah, they didn't exactly fold then because in 94 it says Racks merged with North Carolina-based Franchise Enterprises. <laughs> Such a, a general... Franchise <laughs> Enterprises. <laughs> wow, what a... What, you know, what, what, a, what a creative genius that came up with that name. Yeah. <laughs> if, there were ever, if there were ever just a complete oxymoron, you know, <laughs> just a, <laughs> a name that truly meant nothing. Yeah, they're not misleading anybody like a, with it. We'll put, give it. Give them that. No. They want, yeah, they want to, it's double the pleasure, double the fun. <laughs> you know, we're a franchise, we're an in- enterprise. I know those seem like the same thing, but that's where you're wrong because everything is real, <laughs> especially our name. Yep. Man, I heard this song. Uh, I was meaning to send you this song that uh, while we're on the subject of kind of like uh, fake news or, or real news, all news being real, there's a song from the uh, late 60s called Lee Harvey was a friend of mine. Oh, I have that song <laughs> I do- here, actually, yeah. Yeah. Yep. By isn't Homer that, Henderson. Isn't that a... Yeah. Yep. <laughs> isn't that a crazy song? <laughs> it is. I've never heard that song before. Huh. I thought I'm... Uh, maybe I didn't send it to you. No, it's actually... It's uh, it's from, I think, the 80s instead, but it, uh, it is a good one. Oh, really? Yep. I wonder, I wonder if it was... Well, it must be. It must have been true. The writer of that song went fishing with Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> remember when we were in... Uh, yeah. <laughs> remember when we were in Belarus and they showed us the place that Lee Harvey Oswald lived when he was in Belarus? Yeah. And they were very proud of it. <laughs> and they, they said it was such gravity, like, and this is where Lee Harvey Oswald lived when he was in Belarus. And I was just thinking, you know, he's really not, I'm not sure how you portray, how 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 Lee Harvey Oswald is portrayed in, in your culture, but, you know, in my culture, he's really not, <laughs> this is not really, this wouldn't be really a famous spot, this would be more of an infamous spot, but it was re- very much treated like, this is where the great avenging hero, <laughs> Lee Harvey Oswald, lived the the world hero that's how it was presented i thought that was so surreal i thought about that so many times it was like strange. The word. there was also i mean it you know it mattered oh you go, go for it yeah i was i'm just gonna say like it would you know matter less for you but they you know they knew i was from the u.s it was just like a really unusual i don't know if it was like tr- if it was if there if it was like trying to be a slight or something, I, I I couldn't figure it out. I was just I was so confused by it that I was just very much like, oh okay. I've, I've always wondered, <laughs> always wondered where the person that you know potentially killed the president lived when he was in you know another country. This is a what a shrine. Thank you for taking me to the shrine. Yeah, that's such a just unusual claim to fame. Is it really that substantial anyway that he lived in, in that house? I don't know. And it's also, if if it wasn't for the fact, I don't know whether he killed JFK or not, but if he if he didn't, he was basically just a loser. He, he wasn't like he was a cool dude yeah. Yeah, outside all that stuff. So 
Yeah, right. Yeah, he, he wasn't like some kind of ideologue that had like, you know, that, you know, that changed the minds of millions of people and, you know, was this heroic character. Yeah, he was very much just this unusual outcast loner, which, you know, kind of recommends him to me in a way, you know, not certainly not anyone who wants to kill someone else isn't someone who I who I have any affinity towards at all, but uh, yeah, he, yeah, this guy, you know, that's, you're, you're much right. He was just like a, an outcast, loner, loser, fringe character that, you know, just perhaps might have killed JFK. I don't, I think the jury's, that's one of those conspiracy theories that uh, I think actually has some gravity to it. You know, I don't, I think that it's been pretty, pretty effectively debunked, perhaps. I don't know. Yeah, that's one I give some credit to. Uh, the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing, too, is one I wonder about. Um, yeah. Yeah, that that's pretty suspicious stuff. There's, I mean, most of them I don't I'd really say, care about, you know, but it's, uh, there's there's a couple. I'd say, you know, that that's right. I mean, I'd say most of them I just don't care about. They don't really, they seemingly just don't really affect my life all that much, and... Uh, you know, I, I don't want to waste any mental energy. I mean, the, the the fact is that JFK got killed, and it's really a you know, that's not a that's not something I don't care about at all. But no, you know, nothing's nothing's going to bring him back. Yeah, exactly. Determining the cause of the thing, and it's also just it's history at this point. It's not even as though any of those people who were around then really have any bearing on my life or yours. So it's just yeah. what odds at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think, I think most of like the conspiracy theories, theories are just a tremendous waste of time. It's a way to like, cause you know, right now in the, in the U S conspiracy theories are just running, you know, we have this whole group of people that you probably heard about these, these QAnon lunatics that, yeah. I think Tom Hanks drinks, drinks the blood of children so that he stays forever young. I mean, has anybody seen Tom Hanks? <laughs> the, 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 the man is not forever young. He looks very old and very out of shape, and you know, not <laughs> no, not slamming Tom Hanks. But I, if if he's drinking children's blood to stay forever young, he's not really doing a very good job of it. <laughs> he's looking pretty old and pretty uh, pretty old and pretty beat up these days. Yeah. So you know, he needs to switch to some different. You know, to some more vital, vital children's blood. If he's gonna, if that's working out for him, yeah, it's like a really deranged. And it's a way for people to feel like they're in on a secret that no one else is in on. It's just a, it's just another little trick of the ego, you know, that gets the people used to, you know, make themselves feel better about their, you know, their really usually pretty pathetic lives. I think. I think Tom Hanks is going about it all wrong. He needs to start drinking the blood of the elderly, and then that way he'll build up some kind of antibodies towards age and aging, and then he'll at least stop aging. Maybe it'll even cause him to regress in his age. But, yeah, I mean, you know, if you're drinking the blood of children, you think about uh, a serum, you know, or, or a, va a vaccine. Just the basic principle of that entails... You need a little bit of the thing to get your antibodies up against whatever it is. So 
Yeah, come on, Tom. You, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, Tom, get up with the time, buddy. Kill, kill, kill and drink the blood of the elderly. Come on, buddy. It's not that hard. That's basic science. <laughs> Might even gain some wisdom while you're at it, too. Yeah, I think I think wisdom is usually imparted by blood drinking. I think that's how wisdom works. Yeah. I know that any of the small amount of wisdom I've gained in my life has come came from drinking the blood of people. <laughs> I think there's no other way to there's clearly no other way to attain wisdom. It's all it's all blood drinking rituals. I think anyone in their right mind knows that. Of course. What else you got going on today? See that one. Oh, uh, you know, I I've just been yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm I've been working on working on writing for the for the podcast kind of thing that we're working on. I probably will do that sort of do that and uh maybe go for a maybe go for a nice long walk at some point. I think that's I think that's all. My internet's still out. At my my internet's been out of my house for two weeks. Oh, so wow! I had to, yeah, isn't that crazy? What are you doing, like work? And the company refused. I had to go into a, a friend's house here in uh, here at Smoky Mountains. I've I've had to go to a friend's house, and it's pretty tough when you know because sometimes, as you know, the shifts will start at like five thirty in the morning or something along those lines. So. Yeah, what do you do in that situation? It's it's not it's not easy at all, especially no. when I you know I have to do all the farm work that I have to do before I leave. So if I have one at five thirty in the morning, it means I'm getting up at like they they live like forty five minutes away, so I'm getting up at like three forty five, four o'clock a.m. to that do it. It's, it's pretty uh, yeah, and then like you know it's the same thing if I want to go do research or something or. You know, yeah. If I want to, if I want to go do research, because you know, libraries aren't really a possibility right now. So if I want to, all, almost all the research I'm doing is is online research, and so that that entails um, me finding, you know, maybe me going to the parking lot of McDonald's, which is a little bit closer to me, and sitting there for hours. It's 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 pretty uh, it's inconvenient. You know, the, the company actually refuses to respond to any questions, too. They've, like, they've intentionally shut their phone lines down, so you can't call them. And uh, and they they won't respond to anything from the contact form. So it's, uh, they're, play, they're, they're, they're doing a really good job of avoiding people. But unfortunately, it's the only game in town for me. There's no, there's. Literally, no. You know, living up in the mountains in a little cabin in the in the woods, it's literally my only option, and and it's been a good option up until now. But yeah, right now it's uh, uh it's pretty frustrating. I would I would probably spend most you know most of my day doing research and that sort of thing today, but not uh, not possible, not possible for the foreseeable future until they until that comes back on. Sounds like they're going the way of racks roast beef. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. They have the same mascot too. <laughs> I think it could be the the mascot could be the problem because <laughs> the mascot actually he actually installed my internet 
I guess maybe he's just a freelance mascot now. Yeah, I, I would say he doesn't yeah, have nearly he, as many stores to go to, so he's got to find another gig. Yeah, yeah, I kept, you know, I kept saying you should take that big fuzzy mask off, buddy. You know, and he said, "This isn't a mask. <laughs> this is me. This is how I am." And I said, "Oh, okay. Well, carry on then." <laughs> but Probably gets that all the time. I didn't. Uh, yeah, yeah, just. Take a load off, buddy. You don't you don't have to be in character all the time. And yeah, he just says, "I am this character. This is me. Yep. This is how I am." And take take me or leave me. And I say, "I take you. I take you, my buddy. You're a okay by me. I, I I accept you just the way you are." It's good to be open minded about. I know that. you were. Yeah, that's right. Ah, uh, that's you know that's me. I I live and let live. That's my that that's my motto. One thing I got to tell you. I can't you, tell you how many times. Or sorry. Oh, go ahead. Okay, one one more thing I got to, I'll get off the racks topic here, but looking at their Wikipedia page, <laughs> uh, apparently their current parent organization, parent company is called From Racks to Riches. <laughs> wow. Kind of a, I, I, seemingly an ironic name. Yeah. <laughs> they're... <laughs> yes, se- seemingly a very ironic name, considering that their trajectory has been just the exact opposite. They went from riches to racks. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess that's all they got now, or, or a couple of racks at best. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, they went from a lot of money to probably using circus animals for their meat nowadays, you know, like retired circus animals, like grade F meat, whatever it takes to, to stay, to stay afloat, you know? Yeah. That and like the stuffing out of mattresses, that kind of business. Yeah. Yep. Same thing. Really? I think that's a good business model. <laughs> I think most people that mo- most people that eat that wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Yeah. Yeah, they do have their. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say we we crossed the twenty-two and a half minute threshold. So. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> I better. We better. We better wrap it up. I think we could go on about racks all day long. But and I and I yeah, I've got tons of personal stories about racks. But for another for another program. Yeah, give you some time to racks your brain and think about those for, for later. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, I think I, I think I've got some facts out there that, some racks facts out there that might just <laughs> blow the lid off this whole this whole little conspiracy. <laughs> that's that's a new a sub segment of this segment. Will be racks facts with Zach. <laughs> oh man, that's gold. Cool. Yeah, I just found out through the Associated Press that you actually chose the racks mascot. As your vice president, I had my facts wrong. <laughs> it was just a breaking, you know, a, a little, a little breaking line from the AP just rolled in that that guy's fine. You know, he's finally on his way back up as your vice president. Well, yeah, he was, I think that was very brave of you. Well, thanks. He he had the Randy Travis outfit on, but then he decided to just show his true colors and take off the Randy Travis <laughs> mask. So he's he's actually yeah. Mr. That's D. very wild. That all these years. He put on a Randy Travis outfit and performed as Randy Travis and ostensibly is Randy Travis. 
you know, at his at, at his nighttime gig, and then his daytime gig as being who he is, the real person he is, the mascot for Rax, the yeah. actual real person that's not wearing an outfit at all. Who also his outfit was the Randy Travis outfit. <laughs> He's a busy man. Yeah, he was fortunately born. You know, he, he was born as a creature that didn't uh, doesn't need sleep. He was <laughs> just born to accrue money, and he's doing just terrible at it. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying his best. He's a complete. Yeah, he's trying his best. You know, <laughs> well, you know, you you you've got to give credit where credit credit is due from lowly internet installer to pre- vice president of the United States to Randy Travis to mascot for racks. He, he's a kind of a jack of all trades and a master of none, I'd say. Yeah. Takes all kinds to make a country. That's for sure. Yeah. It, it takes all kinds to ruin a fast food restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> well, my friend, I, I think, I I, 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 I I think we've gone about as far as we can today on, <laughs> on we, we rode the, the racks roast beef train all the way to the depot today. <laughs> we did. Well, it was nice racksing with you. We'll, uh, we'll get into it some more <laughs> next week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll come armed, armed with, uh, I, I'm going to disclose so many racks facts next week uh, that, uh, the, the CIA will be listening in. <laughs> All right. I, I look forward to it. <laughs> All right, my friend. I'll be seeing you. All right. Be seeing you. Bye. All right. Bye. Yep. Well, what else can you say? I'm going to get into the uh, promised uh, set about getting cut. Uh, I'll start with Fred Lane from the one who cut you. Actually, you know, I got to look into that because the title of the album is from the one that cut you. Did they actually call the record and the the song, the title track, something different? We'll see. But uh, yeah, there's one thing I wanted to mention about this story. No, I, I, it is. It's all actually the same from the one that cut you. It's the same title for the song as it is for the record. It's just. My MP3 info was wrong. Who who would expect that to ever happen? Um, but anyway, yeah, one quick fact about this song is uh, taken from this remote outpost blogspot.com page. It says, This record from the one that cut you was literally inspired by a crude note scrawled on brown paper wrapped around a Bowie knife found in a secret compartment in a 1952 Dodge panel truck when some friends, i.e. the owners, came by a house in order to repaint it, in order to elude capture by the naval police. The note, a sort of love-slash-threat-slash-confession, love inspired Tim, a.k.a. Fred Lane, to write the song, the stage show, and create the character who performs the song, all from three sentences written by someone named Fuhr, which is spelled F-U-E-A-R. Um, and this info comes straight from an article by Joe Tepperman. The note read, unfortunately, I can't replicate the spelling mistakes in the note, but uh, when I'm reading this out loud, but it says, I hope the pain is gone. This is the one that cut you? With a question mark at the end. P.S. Don't worry about Jimmy. I will take care, K-E-A-R, of him the same way I took care of you. 
and he actually reads that out in the the vocal part of this song that you'll hear next. So yeah, an appropriate way to start the cut and set. Fred Lane and Ron Pate's Debonairs with From the One That Cut You. Remember me, I'm the one that cut you. I cut you I'm the one I follow the footsteps I say why can't we be friends you slipped you fell you screamed impaled oh I cut you I rake your arm with a tall brush I sit here, I'm looking for a bar of soul As I'm watching, it's well You swear not to tell that I cut you
Revolting Cox, oh. Razor's Edge. I, I can't remember what album that came from originally, but I got that from the Luke Van Acker catalog CD. It was put out in 1992 by World Domination Recordings. Pretty sure that's Luke Van Acker doing the vocals for that. There was this rumor that floated around for ages that it was Nevik Ogre from Skinny Puppy doing the vocals there because he used to tour with them. And he did do the vocals, I think, on Get Down was another another one of their songs. But uh, Al Jurgensen refuted that fairly recently, actually, that it wasn't Ogre. Uh, and that ends the cutting set cutting set and that was actually the song that got me thinking about doing a set of songs thematically based around that idea for what it's worth not very much we also heard Wild Jimmy Spruill Cut and Dried was the song taken from a 1964 single put out by Enjoy Records I did enjoy it uh, then there was Wilbert Harrison, the only song that doesn't mention cutting or something sharp in its title. I guess Poison Ivy, you know, kind of irritates the skin, but uh, I was more interested in including it because it has one of the greatest lines ever in the history of rock and roll, where he, he mentions the fact that every day when he's wearing his house coat, two men have to hold him or he'll cut his throat. Uh, that's just so poignant. So perfect. Um, that came out in 1966 through Vest Records on a single. Then there was Rockin' Ronald and the Rebels with Cutting Out, um, put out in 1959 by Orchid on a single, and started it off with the rather long monologue introduction I gave to Fred Lane and Ron Pate's Debonairs from the one that cut you, taken from an album of the same name. Released in 1993 by their own Say Debut label. I'm going to try and make it quick because I think I have slightly more music than I have time allocated for myself. And I want to get out and get walking while I still can because I'm trying to do this 25 kilometers of walking a day thing. And it's made very difficult by the fact that much of the time I can't go out walking due to the... Uh, lockdown restrictions. There's a curfew here after 9 p.m. So uh, anyway, I'll, I got probably about half my walking done. If I can do another two hours, then I'll be good. But it ends. The show ends at seven o'clock here. So at most, I can do two hours. So I'm gonna fall short of my goal. Oh boy. Anyway, uh, let's see what I can muster up here. Next, I'm going to play Conjunto Odencio. The song is Sicer. This comes from their recently released EP, Radar Karahin. I guess it would be pronounced through the Karahin label put out this year. Here we go.
Przyszli swoi chłopcy, a ona mówiła im nie. Przychodzili obcy, a ona nie chciała liczyć. Żadne dartochania, żadne całowania, nie nabierzesz jej. Mogłeś sto lat chodzić i prosić i grozić, wciąż nie. Zmaniara! To się będę znów. Czego jeszcze chcesz? Zaniara O miłości mów Do swojej babci Najmniejszy znak Chłopcy w naszym mieście Nareszcie śpiewali jej tak Zmaniara Miłość ślepa jest Zmaniara Wszystko ma swój kres Zmaniara Taki miałam gest Lecz miłość ślepa jest
Palm Squirrel. Supermarket was the song and comes from something that I put out last year called The Mouth is a Terrible Thing to Taste. And that was released by Baby Satan. They had a new thing. I think it's a live record that they just put out too, um, which is a recording of theirs from last year. I wish I had gone to see those guys play when I lived in Berlin. I I didn't realize they were around. Um, Then, before that, we heard Order of the Rainbow Girls from Poland. The song is just called Untitled, and it's from their self-titled release or released on the Bandcamp page. It's listed as S slash T, unless the name of it is really S slash T, which is not... impossible um that was released by enjoy life pretty recently um before that also from poland and coincidentally i didn't plan it this way i what do you think i actually put time into this uh helena frankoviak and drummer c uh savarnia I'm doing a terrible job of pronouncing this stuff. Jeez. Well, I should have had Google Translate up here. So at least give me the title of the goddamn song. The Swagger. A Swagger. And then in Polish. Svaniada. Svaniada. Yeah, I still can't even say it. Anyway, this was put out on this compilation. I'm not even going to try and pronounce the name of... That came out in 1992. Uh, which is apparently a bunch of stuff from 1968, which is probably when that was recorded and or released originally. Um, then there was Gene Sikora and the Irrationals Tangiika from a 1959 Coin Records single and started it with Conjunto Podenso Sicer from their new EP through Karohin. I'm going to play one more song to end off the show for the week. Uh, it's Moon Pussy Duo. That is, the song is called Duo, and the band is Moon Pussy. Uh, from their self-titled release that just came out through The Ghost Is Clear. And... I don't think I have anything else to say. Thanks for being here. I'll talk to you next week. Uh, okay. That's it. I'll end. I'll end. See you later.
just look after yourself, as they always say, because no one else will. Let us get the fuck out of here. Be seeing you. And you.